Gather round, friends, new and old, and welcome to Roast and Toast. I am your host with the most, David, joined by my mostest hostess on the other side of the microphone here, Philip and Jenny. Mostest I'm just with the hostess, the boastest hostess. <laughs> You're just the boast. <laughs> Hello, well, once guys, again, we are all three. Ha <laughs> look at we that. We are three. We are a thruple once more. Once more um, onto the thruple bridge. Full team here to uh, present a very exciting episode to you guys. But before we get to that, uh, I just got to catch up with you guys. I haven't seen you in so long. Yes. Uh, what is going on with you guys in life? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well... I have started my rehearsals for my next show. If you're in Phoenix, I am once again performing with all puppet players. We are performing a parody of It, hence the title Pup It, running in September through October. It's going to be very fun. And if you're coming to see the performance you might see a familiar voice on stage as a very evil clown so you wouldn't want to miss this one Ooh, yes i am pennywise it's official (gasps) congratulations congratulations one show to the next lead roles and killing it yes sir yes sir it's it's been really fun so far uh we've always started dipping our toes into the to the dairy floods of of lore but it's i cannot wait to put the dairy floods the dairy floods if the fans will know the fans will know Lots of flooding in Dairy Maine. Anyway, <laughs> what's new with oh, you in, guys? In oh, yeah. it. Oh, yes. Yes, they in, live in it. In it. Mm-hmm. I I don't know about you, but I had some horrific images of assorted dairy flooding whatever <laughs> arenas could possibly be flooded, and that's why I was like, I what I might not see this show anymore. All right, uh, Jenny. No dairy was used. We all in know how gassy production. you get, Philip. <laughs> I do, I do. Dairy does me dirty. Dairy does it, for yeah. certain. I will be a hundred percent honest. I had something to say, and then the whole dairy vis- visage uh, overtook <laughs> me. So while I think of that, David, what what happened during your week? Um, well, my month really. It's been a month of ups and downs, and a whole lot. But um, but this week, uh, this weekend. Have a barbecue planned with several uh, family friends and friends and some colleagues coming over. Uh, oh, which wonderful! Is nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's this evening, and looking for very are much. Are me and Jenny invited? You are not. Oh, <laughs> the truth comes out. We are nope. explicitly not invited, Jenny. Yeah, I very deliberately did not invite you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We all know Philip will be sleeping at that time anyway. So by that time. Um Yeah, it's been uh, it's going to it's going to be a nice evening. That's all. Forget the week. That's past. I'm looking forward. Forward only. All right, Philly Cheese, what happened to you this week? Oh, that's right. I thought I went. Uh sorry. Uh so what happened this week? You know, I still maintain I think I've said this before, but an exquisite date spot. If ever you should support local theater, and at the same time, go to an improv troupe. Just oh, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. it's impossible not to be a good time. And should they not laugh? That's a red flag. That is a legit red flag, not one of these phony red flags that exist around there. No, 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 that did not happen. Jenny was looking and shocking. Unless it's off. just not funny. That's fair. That's fair. That is fair. But m- most of the times, even if it's a mercy laugh out of just like, "Oh, I saw where you were going, and that wasn't that funny," but ha ha ha. Even if there's not that. Then I would say I would say that if you're both not laughing, then maybe you're meant to be together. I don't know. As long as you can share the same comedy. If it's one thing, if it's not to the same level of laughter, it's another. If it's dead silence on the other end of the line, Mm. you're absolutely right, Dave. Ouch! Absolutely. David, you weren't here last week, but we did provide an update towards the blockbuster standings, and that did include. The opening of one packed dynamic duo of Barbenheimer. Yeah. Which has yeah. vaulted Jenny to the lead. Now, that will be discussed at a later date in time as as now we wow. can see the full success that the, dare I say, global and historic cinematic event. I would I say that these two will now forever be linked in history together, cinematically at least. And certainly not, you know, Barbie with, the real life Oppenheimer, no correlation. No, I don't think so. 
it was quite a a record-breaking weekend. Yes, yes. And I can only hope now that the Meg (laughs) grosses like a billion dollars in its opening weekend. (laughs) Maybe internationally. But but yes, I think think it's only fair that we start out uh, a little little odd. Before we even get to the summary, I think we should start out with, as all three of us have seen both. Both movies. Uh, Yeah, all three of us have seen both. Somehow, by the grace of the universe, I have managed to see both. So yes, huzzah. Yes. And... (laughs) um, and we we all saw the double feature, right? We yes, all yes, went yes. to go back, see it back to back. Now the question well, is, and we haven't asked this: who has wh- who saw it in what order? I'll I'll start first. I saw I saw Oppenheimer first, followed by Barbie. And I sincerely would I didn't even intend to. I went I wanted to go reverse, but oh, really? I would say yeah. I know I would say Oppenheimer <laughs> to Barbie is both the preferred and correct way to go about that. Did all did you both go that same route? Yes, of course. I did. I did course, Oppenheimer and then Barbie. Be- Oppenheimer was dinner and Barbie was dessert. There it is. And I don't know that I would have had the energy to go through a three-hour movie after already sitting for two hours watching Barbie. You know, like the Barbie felt easy to like easy to get through and just time just time wise after after watching Oppenheimer already. I ate so much popcorn that day. So much, so much. We needed that I extra had, free, extra large I asked, refill. I had several Barbie cocktails. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Jenny with her uh, seasonal and uh, movie drink of the I don't know what e. it is. Our movie reviews keep lining up with Harkins' drink menu, so I just keep getting lucky every single time with the fun drinks. It's great. The Barbie drink, by the way, is white wine and watermelon and lime. It was delicious. That's close That's close to what you predicted there, Jenny, on last week's episode. You thought that it might be something uh, similar to that. So very good, mm-hmm. very good. All right. Nailed it. We've, we've talked about it. I think we all would recommend, should you at this point have not done both or you wait, are waiting for streaming and going to do it at home, whatever it may be, Oppenheimer first, then Barbie. With that in mind, let's start out that way here and now. David, give us a short little summary, a little, a little seasoning of Oppenheimer, please. In a time of bold new scientific undertakings and life-altering discoveries, we follow J. Robert Oppenheimer through several chapters of his life. He is a young man proving himself a powerful mind and surrounding himself with some of the biggest names in science. He is a respected professor of physics teaching the next wave of brilliant minds. He is a troubled soul struggling through the aftermath of the world he helped to create and dealing with the scrutiny of an ungrateful and unforgiving United States government. During Oppie's days as a professor of theoretical physics, a discovery is made in Germany where scientists were able to split the uranium atom. A dark cloud of horror and intrigue falls over Robert and his peers as the destructive potential of this discovery dawns on them and subsequently ignites a race against the Nazis and the Soviets to turn this scientific discovery into a weapon, one capable of killing hundreds of thousands of people. A singular genius that Oppie is, the military recruits him to lead the project. We see not only the painstaking scientific process, but also the striking moral dilemma facing all of those involved in creating this ungodly technology. Oppenheimer's struggles in dealing with the burden of his destructive genius drive him down a path of righteous advocation for international nuclear policy. Therein lies the power of knowledge, of scientific community, and the sharing of ideas, of understanding the impact of our actions. What are the more powerful driving forces behind human action? Narcissism, guilt, compassion, fear, or others? Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer searches through them all. You know, for Oppenheimer, I would say that that's a short summary. (laughs) (laughs) I did the best that I could. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, for a for a a feels completely like it's runtime three hour Oppenheimer. It's it. I mean, I'll give it away. It it is good. It's still it, but you feel the length of this film, the full length of this film. But no, very good, David. Very good to you, Jenny. Let's get our dessert synopses and uh, go to Barbie. Barbie's short summary. Should I read this in my finest Barbie voice? <laughs> oh, no. Please. <laughs> Maybe. I oh, don't know. Oh, okay, I will. Get, I'll give, say us, bar- give us a flavoring, yes. 
Hi, I'm Barbie. The sun rises on the perfect plastic world of Barbie land, and we meet Barbie, the most popular of all the Barbies. I'll, I'll stop it there. Our stereotypical no, it's Barbie okay. Continue, is... Continue, please. Oh, no, yeah, that's <laughs> quite good. Can we keep going? Okay. Yeah, please, please. Our stereotypical Barbie is living a carefree life in her dream house until one day she wakes up and starts to experience un-Barbie thoughts and phenomena. She seeks advice from a weird version of Barbie who tells her that the human, human world, excuse me, wow, I just totally screwed that up. I'm going to cut the bar voice because I'm screwing it up. Um, who tells her that the human who is playing with her needs help and she needs to travel to the real world to discover her true purpose. With her hitchhiking sort of kind of boyfriend, Ken, the two travel beyond Barbie land and discover the joys and perils of what it means to be human. Batteries not included. Ooh. Very nice. Very nice, Jenny. Very nice. Both of you. Very nice and short. Oh, yes. thank well you. Done. <laughs> thank Again. you, Barbie. <laughs> thank you, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. All right. So the way that we're going to do this and encounter and try and unravel this double feature, we're going to go across the bow here for all three of us. And we have, as we have uh, set a standard, a bestest thing about the film, worstest thing about the film, thing that was half-baked. What we will allow ourselves, however, to do is that your bestest, worstest, and half-baked item can come from either film. So it, it can be from one film or the other. It doesn't have to be exclusive to one cinematic masterpiece or the other. Jenny, as you had the better Barbie voice and the shorter summary, let's Thank start you. with you. What was your bestest thing about either film that you just walked away with? I'm just going to put this on the table right now. This, There have been many great moments in Ryan Gosling's acting career. <laughs> Ryan flipping Gosling. This is his moment. He absolutely stole every single scene that he was in with Barbie, period. There was not a moment where I wasn't laughing and enjoying Ken as a character. It was just, there, I if I don't see a nomination of some kind, for his work for on Barbie, I will be shocked. Oh, I won't be. <laughs> well, not, I mean, I, I don't no, no, Not to say that it wasn't but... brilliant. Yeah. Not to say that it wasn't brilliant. He was very funny and uh, acted tr tremendously well. I just don't think that there's uh, there's enough substance there. Do you do you believe? Because I I don't know that this will be your bestest thing. And forgive me if I if uh, if it is, David. But David, do you believe for Margot Robbie there would be a nomination? Because I think we can no. all agree that there will be nominations coming off of this film. Surprisingly, so. as that might have been. I mean, yeah. I think there will be more for uh, conceptual and director. Uh, yeah, and conceptual reason, but like not even necessarily because it's the best directed movie or or even among the best directed movies of the year. I don't think it is. I think because of what it is interesting and, okay. and the statement that it's making and people's reaction to it, that it will receive attention in, in the award season. I'm going to agree with David on this one. I don't know that he will get a, a nomination for this Jenny. However, I can certainly appreciate a great performance. I love Ryan Gosling. You will not find a bigger man crush in my archive than Ryan Gosling. I very much enjoyed his, uh, his comedy, his timing, his interpretation of the character. I thought, I thought it was, uh, I echo all your sentiments. David, your bestest thing across the bow. Uh, I'm going to spoil the rest of this whole discussion here. Um, <gasps> I, I, I think Oppenheimer is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Really? I, Whoa. I think it is, it is among the greatest films that I've ever seen. Wow. I, there's no, I've never made it a secret that I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. I'm shocked that you're shocked. Um, I'm not shocked that you're. I'm, I, I'm not shocked that you're a huge Christopher Nolan fan. My shock no, I'm shocked that you're from, shocked that I, I think it's yeah. a, one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a it it is a cinematic masterpiece, and uh, I, trying to pick the best thing from this film because the best thing certainly did not come from Barbie. As much as it, I had fun watching it. I'm I'm going to say if I'm picking one element of this film. You know, the acting, whatever, the, oh, just all of it is amazing. I'm going to choose something that may not be the first thing on one's mind. The sound in this film. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I truly believe I could have gone in there wearing a blindfold and still understood the story and 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 just been blown away by the the sound design of this film not just the score but everything it is unbelievable 
I couldn't Are agree you, more. Since you're going specifically more. sound, David, do did you agree? It sounds like you did, but did you agree with the choice that when the bomb goes off initially to spoilers. not have a big yeah spoilers? Well, I that's mean, just <laughs> science. That's just yeah. history and because science. Yeah, that, no, that's just the way science would work. Because the mm. bomb, when the bomb goes off, you don't hear anything because it's ten miles away, so it, it takes longer for the sound to to reach you. So you'd see the flash instantly or what we perceive as instantly, the speed of light is only uh, only so fast, but um, we would see that instantly and then it would take some seconds before we heard the sound. So that that's just uh, scientifically accurate. Accurate, interesting, because you're right. And I think a lesser movie would have just paired the two and then gotten it over with. So right. that was something that I took noteworthy of. I think there was a, there was a big shift in sci-fi maybe like 10 years ago with especially it was i think it was highlighted it was really prominently uh observed in gravity the movie gravity with uh, yes. sandra bullock because mm -hmm. that was like oh it's so scientifically accurate there was no sound in space or whatever they, they didn't and that's where i think a lot of that high level science fiction changed from being uh from being like boom boom bang out in space and to wanting to be a lot more scientifically accurate so yeah. Okay. I think this movie really is just following along that trend. Yes. Bestest thing for me about uh, the film, I'm going to cheat a little myself. I think that the bestest thing about these films are that both movies demand a rewatch for completely different reasons. Oh, definitely. But it's fascinating that both of these movies are, uh, like as I mentioned earlier, paired and going to continue to hold each other's hand going down into the history books for different reasons. But where Barbie, I think, would be an enjoyable rewatch to figure out more of the analogies and comparisons the films makes, makes both overtly and subtly, um, I think it demands a rewatch for the ending just to understand it more as it is somewhat conceptualized um, as the majority of characters uh, get a happy ending, plain, see-through, good, you know, finish where you may ending. The the penultimate ending where Barbie is in this uh, theoretical dream world and, and, and akin to heaven or idea, I don't know. It, it, takes, it takes a bit when I think for the majority of the film, while your mind is engaged, I don't think my mind was not in that place. So for us to ascend there... I was like, ooh, I want to, I want to hear all this again. I want to, <laughs> I want the subtitles so I can <laughs> hear better, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read each and every word. Um, however, I think oh, Oppenheimer requires a rewatch to understand the film to completion, as finer details can be lost in the spectacles, Certainly. as as well as cameo shock and awe, because the cameos in this film, unlike many others. Uh, that obviously have uh, cameos up the wazoo. I think this was a dual-fold cameo film that was a cameo both in the actor who portrayed whatever role he or she was 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 portraying or or the part itself because I, I didn't realize that Oppenheimer was at such a central point in time that you could incorporate just so many historical figures uh, in, in both right. American history and world history. So I was like, oh, I didn't realize that this person would be tied into this overarching story. And then, but, and it's also played by such and such. Uh, and, and in having that brain ADHD squirrel mind, I would lose what I believe to be some of the finer details that I'm sure when I looked back at this film, I was like, mm, I, I believe that this probably made sense, but I just lost it in a detail going back to one eighth of the film in. So I, would, I, I enjoyed that, that both films demand a rewatch an enjoyable rewatch, but demand it. And, and it was a, uh, but, but don't, don't, um, don't reside on that. I would, I would say, if you were unfortunate enough to watch Oppenheimer not in in like a in a premium <laughs> showing IMAX or Dolby whatever whatever millimeter. option you have, especially from a sound perspective, if you did not see it in IMAX or whatever other option you have there, see it in IMAX, please. Please, please do, do yourself a favor. favor. Go That's if you're gonna rewatch it. Spend the extra money, go see it in IMAX. Jenny I and did, I agree. I didn't get a chance to go see it in IMAX, so that's you need a, to. a worthy... If a you're going to rewatch it, do it before it leaves the IMAX theaters. Seriously, oh. Phil, you will it will blow your mind. I I was in second row, 70 millimeter, in uh, 
in my yeah. uh, theater and the experience of the bomb dropping the sound of it i jumped i was actually shocked like just the way that the sound portrayed the traveling of everything yeah. during that moment oh my gosh that it reminded me why it's so important that we go see movies in the theater to hear yeah. the way that people create these movies to be seen and heard in this way please do yourselves a favor guys we're going to say it over and over again go right. see oppenheimer especially in the theaters yeah. with that being said let's sloppily transition and segue into <laughs> the worst thing about either <sighs> film david you went second in the last one let's second. get you first I on will, this one i will say the worst thing just again spoilers the worst thing about Oppenheimer, this is if I had to pick a worst thing about Oppenheimer, and this is not my worst thing, I'm cheating here. It's uh, Teller, the character Teller has like gray hair, and like at the end of the movie, they show him older and he has gray hair. That gray hair looked terrible. It did not look oh, like gray hair no. at all. That's the only critique of this movie that I have. Okay. Uh, the worst thing about these one either of these movies, Mattel. Having the nerve to acknowledge the damage they've done to the psyche of women and girls, but in the end, hint that they're some kind of hero, I think is kind of the worst thing about this movie that is oh. championing <laughs> feminism. And I, I just, I, I did, <laughs> I was kind of like, hmm, especially after I talked to my sister about it, because um, she went to go see it a few days afterwards. And um, yeah, I, <laughs> I thought that was... I was like, that's cheeky. No, you don't get away with that. Sorry, Mattel. Uh, Jenny, worstest thing about either film for you? I would like to just mention that I did. I, I'm going to say over and over again, I had an amazing time watching Oppenheimer, but I have a hearing problem. <laughs> and the way that this the music was done for Oppenheimer was very much like an opera uh, where music was was underneath all of these important scenes with information yes. very much I like think I, know where you're going. I couldn't understand a third of the movie just because the music was slightly mm. louder than yes. the conversations and i was really I thought, really sad about that i thought the mixing at times overlapped the dialogue especially especially i don't know if you felt like this jenny but during the robert downey jr scenes where i was like i see some really good stuff but i'm i'm missing it i was like what why is it getting washed out with the audio of whatever's in the That's background interesting i didn't get that at all <laughs> i really maybe didn't. it was because of where i was sitting in the theater Maybe. And I, I did not go to IMAX, Super Ultra, Visual, 4D, somebody spitting in your face while the bomb goes off experience like hey. you two did. Yeah. <laughs> David's like, don't, that don't wasn't do right. 4D. Don't yeah. do 4D. No, don't, don't, yeah. don't, no that hurts Don't your see eyes. it in that theater. Don't, don't see, see no. a nuclear bomb movie in 4D, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I, I completely agree with you, Jenny. There were scenes, not scenes, scenes is a bit much, but there were certainly pivotal moments that I felt like I lost details on simply because of the mix, simply because of the mix of dialogue. And again, that could be me, somebody who absolutely adores, depends on and needs subtitles for a film. I, Usually like whenever yes. I watch, have a home experience. So, so maybe, maybe that's just my own lack of comprehension and my, my blind spot. But oh no, I you're not alone. I, I heavily rely on captions because I don't know what I don't know what it is about my hearing, but I have I do have a slight hearing loss, and I have issues with trying to I, like my my brain picks and chooses the the loudest thing in the room is the thing I'm going to focus on, and that's yeah. kept happening during Oppenheimer, and I was pretty upset. But that will actually lead me to watch it again, so I can make sure that I have the when it comes to streaming, I'll put on captions, and I will absorb every single beautiful word on that script. Agreed. Agreed. Funny enough, I think that it's funny that while I, uh, we all have something worse to say about Oppenheimer, even though it's probably critically going to fare historically much better than Barbie. But um, the movie for me, the worstest thing uh, about either film, the movie is called Oppenheimer, not the big bomb or boom, boom, the blockbuster, which means I am amongst the many who should have known better than to think that the movie would be exclusively about and leading up to the making of the bomb. Yet instead, we are tasked to ask ourselves, is the life of the man interesting enough to overcome the inevitable downbeat story-wise 
that follows the awe-inspiring detonation of the bomb, which comes within the earlier side of two-thirds of the way through the film, meaning that there's a natural, there's, I'd even say a crescendo, but a, a, natu- a natural uptick of interest that happens when you're, when, oh, they're racing against time, they're racing against the elements, they're racing against all this, blah, 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 blah. And there's this this hurried rush and awe to get to the bomb. You, you watch the bomb, you, you see the bomb, go boobity boobity boom. And then afterwards, it's just, oh, and and there's more. There's a substantial amount left. And again, knowing that, I think it will favor more, be more favorable in a rewatch. And uh, But again, that was just something that perhaps I'm alone, perhaps I'm of the minority, perhaps I'm of the majority. I believe I'm part of the masses uh, in this where I arrogantly thought that it would be more focused about the bomb than what it ultimately ended up well, being. It was it was a, it was one of the three stories interwoven, maybe one of the four interwoven. And 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 that led me to place more of an importance on that storyline as opposed to any of the others. If I may, yes. I I think. That's how the movie overcame the its its fundamental disadvantage as a concept because as an audience we know the US won that race they developed the bomb first mm-hmm. we know they tested it and we know they dropped it on the Japanese so we know all that happened so we knew if the movie was about the bomb we'd have known exactly where it was going but the movie's not about the bomb it's about Oppenheimer it's about the scientific community and the struggles that they went through. It's about the the movement after the World War II led by Oppenheimer to create a, an international alliance around atomic energy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which even though many people do already, because that is written you know, in history books, and a lot of people maybe don't understand that element of it. You know, and so that's what the movie, the movie is telling the story that most people, I would say, don't know. And that's Correct. Oppenheimer's story. Yes. Yes. So again, that's, it's, it's probably telling that the worst thing about it could be a, a personal flaw of mine of just arrogance and ignorance, but uh, that is what it is. All right. Let's, let's go with uh, things that was half baked and I'll start us off here. Alan <laughs> had to find something in here for this, but. Everyone and everything got an ending in Barbie. Everybody got a mention. But what became of Alan? Because he felt like the odd duck in this entire film. And I get that that was maybe his his thing, his his existence. But was his ending that he was surprisingly a good karate master or whatever it took? Uh, side note, the Barbie land Jenga wall bit was f- hilarious and i will beat myself at that because that is worth the f word that was hilarious when it's like when they figure out how to get that horizontal it's all over that was hilarious but back to the half-baked thing alan is michael sarah just to be there for michael sarah part i i, I think I, so yeah it was just it was it, it, out of a movie where everything felt purposeful and pointed and even had depth to it that was just a bit for a bit's sake. So I think it was just oddly distracting. Uh, I do think Alan. it was it was kind of a bit like, like there were both of these movies have like cameos all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, whereas, yeah. whereas Barbie just sort of shoehorned them in there. Yeah. Oppenheimer was I think there were roles to be played and a bunch of super high profile actors were like, I want to be in this movie. Please let me be in this movie. And that's yeah. the difference. So Jenny. What would you say was your half-baked idea or thing that ended up in either film? Just the fact that we're what that Barbie was a movie that was created by a toy company who know very well that this movie will boost sales for them. There were times where I felt like I wasn't watching a movie and I was just watching an ad hmm. where like certain moments popped up like oh remember this pant remember this coat oh remember when this happened like i mean also they're they're educating the history of barbie to the masses to this generation that at least that i've seen barbie's not that present in terms of how often it gets played with in in children's bedrooms etc but it just there i just felt like at one point they were really pushing like, oh, you see this? You should buy it. Oh, here's all the different versions. It, it, like, it, it, I felt like it was pushing for people to expand their collections, to tr- consider 
to, to for, for fanatics, they should keep buying Barbies, which they should because it's a, it's a company. They're going to want to make sure that their company doesn't die. Just, I don't know. That was the one thing that kind of irked me, minus what David's already mentioned. Just like, oh, well, ugh, it just feels, I feel kind of icky. squirmy, icky that yeah. this is just yeah. kind of selling I- Barbie to me like this. You have you have the the producers going wanting this to be like you say an ad, mm-hmm. and you have the director Greta Gerwig, who I do really like, mm-hmm. making huge statements for feminism, and I think in all that mess, it didn't feel like a well-rounded story to me. Wow, um, I'm shocked. I I really I really enjoyed Barbie. <laughs> I really, and it sounds like you didn't, David. Man, and maybe it was just the I know, letdown. I, mean, like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. Like I, I thought I, it was funny at times. I thought the first ten minutes, I was like, "Oh no, this is a big joke." I don't know if I can sit through I, a two-hour joke. That. I would and agree with that. And then it then it started to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. The way it wraps up, I thought was kind of, I don't know. I just I I didn't appreciate. I don't. Did it feel like they had to figure out an ending? They didn't have one. They were like, "Oh, maybe yeah, she kind just of, becomes yeah. human." A little yeah. bit like that. Hmm. Yeah. And anyway, my my half baked <laughs> thing is Will Ferrell. Um, I thought that Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh! I love Will Ferrell. Okay. I love Will Ferrell. I thought they underused him. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, thank God. Really, okay. Yeah. I really truly thought they underused Will Ferrell. I think he's brilliant. I think he's so funny. And uh, it was he kind of gave the same energy all the way through, and he he was kind of the villain of the movie, and yet he wasn't in it as much as the villain should be, I think. So well, he was one of several, if you count spoilers. I guess if you count Ken at, for the second act as yeah, being the main yeah, villain. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I I I. I can I can agree with that. I thought that you were going to say Will Ferrell not funny or something, and so I would have. I, mean, I don't think he was. I don't think he was as funny as he could have been, and that's kind of the point. Like yeah, I like Will fair. Ferrell a lot. He could have done a lot more. Uh, going back to an to an earlier idea and discussion, just to put a fine point on it, David, I honestly wonder if having having seen this after what you declared to be uh, one of that, your that favorite- certainly didn't help. My girlfriend yeah, and I, I went to go see it together. She's also a big film buff. She studied film in in college, and she really liked Barbie. But she was like, "I wish we hadn't seen it after watching one of the greatest cinema, cinematic masterpieces." <laughs> of I think our generation. Yeah, Seriously. I think giving that a breath would have made yeah. would have elevated Maybe, Barbie yeah, for you. I think so too. Because for I think me, so too, but for me, I I thoroughly enjoyed Barbie. I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't have the awe and and uh, adoration for Oppenheimer and as much near. I I I, it, I I still think it's a great film. I don't know if one of the best cinematic films of of a of a lifetime, let alone of all time, is is accredited to it in my in my personal opinion but if you were to have that then seeing barbie anything is anything's going to be a letdown even if it is right. good so barbie would would be interesting um fascinating fascinating so we've reached the end uh, near the end of this of this segment and, and putting barbenheimer to a close the question becomes and i i, I doubt that it's going to not be a resounding yes but is there is there any brave soul amongst us three who says you should not see any uh, or either of these films? David? No, I, I think go see both. Maybe not on the same day, though. Uh, that was a fun thing to do. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a thing, but yeah. After opening weekend, I don't think there's any point in going to see them on the, the same day. But I think you should see them both. I'm going to see Oppenheimer again. I, I want to take my, my mom. My mom's a big fan of going to the movies. And I know she'll enjoy this movie. I want to take my dad too, but it's hard to get him, you know, out the house to go to the movies. He's not a movies kind of guy, but this would, he would love. I'm going to see this again. And I want to see it in IMAX one more time before it leaves the IMAX theaters. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny. I highly recommend seeing both these movies, but I do agree that you really don't need to see both on the same day. It's just for the trend. Like it's It's not gonna make either movie better. No. If if yeah, anything, I agree. yeah, it's if anything, it just I wish I had more time to process Oppenheimer, but I had mm. to hop right into Barbie. And I I I mean Right. I would definitely agree that Oppenheimer was one of the best cinematic experiences that I've ever had in my life going to the theaters. Just the way that the impact, the power of everything that happened on that screen was 
incredible. Mm. I would love to see, if I had the time, I would love to see Oppenheimer one more time in the theaters. Just to be, I want to just listen to the words again. I want to just watch the detail and I want to witness that sound design again. I want to see mm. those moments on screen one more time. Just incredible. Phil? I I would definitely say go see these two films with the, the big ass caveat that I think both films ass share- caveat? A, Big ass yeah. caveat. Yes, yes. yes. It's a big booty. It, it, yeah. It's a thick caveat and thick with mm. two C's. Uh, I think that Three? both <laughs> movies as just as they both deserve and demand a rewatch. I think that while Barbie should be seen by all and Oppenheimer should be seen by all. I think that both films are not going to be for all. I think Oppenheimer is ex exquisitely dialogue heavy and can get lost upon the, the general masses and more so being a defendant and champion for Barbie, which I apparently will, will take the mantle of this, this episode. I think that a good majority of the people that it does not appeal to it is exactly who the message should be for and who, and I think one thing that was surprising for me walking out of that film was that I knew going in that it would hold a resonance and uh, strong emotional ties for women, girls, and anywhere, anybody, uh, feminism uh, uh, as a broad spectrum. I, I knew that it was going to be smart, witty. Uh, Greta Gerwig has a history of doing that and, and a wonderful and just compassionate storytelling in that regard. What I did not expect was having a moral and ethic and a story and a resounding message for men as well that was both poignant not not it, that was I felt connective and I really enjoyed that aspect of it that I did not I just simply did not expect going into that film so I think that if you are just abhorrently taught and turned off by the idea of Barbie thinking it's a girl's film I will be one of those who say that it is not it is not and it is not meant for just girls it can be enjoyed by all and should be enjoyed by all uh, although I suppose if you're going to go in there with blinders on, then maybe I guess it is not the film for you. Although all should see both. Jenny, with that, let's start off with you. What are some fun facts about Barbie? Oh, here we go. Barbie facts. So I learned that during the making of the film, Greta Gerwig insisted upon the cast having bonding experiences with each other. They had cast slumber parties and something that they called movie church. They would gather at a movie theater in Notting Hill where they were filming and they would watch movies all together relevant to the Barbie storyline. <laughs> in the case of the slumber parties, they would just book a hotel and stay the night. And the Kens were not where they were allowed to stop by, but they were not allowed to sleep over. Hence, girls night. <clears throat> I was going to say, where did the Ken sleep? And nobody knew. Nobody knew. <laughs> but he did have a, a little moment. He didn't want his absence to go unnoticed. So he sent a si singing telegram in the Who's form. Who's he, Ryan Gosling? Yes, Mr. Gosling. Ryan Gosling. In Gosling. the form of a Scotsman dressed in a kilt, playing the bagpipes and reciting lines from Braveheart. Like what? That's so random. Just <laughs> like outside the hotel, just just like like John. Uh, what what is it with the with the boombox just outside? But instead, it's a guy in a kilt saying, "Hell yeah, yes. freedom!" <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it was. It's mentioned, and it's pretty clear that all the things that happen in Barbie Land are inspired by the way that children play with Barbie, including. Hmm the detail that Barbie floats down from her house. She doesn't take the uh, stairs. She yeah. floats down. This is a nod to the fact that a lot of early Barbie dream house designs did not actually have stairs inside of them that mm. Barbie can walk down on. So any child playing with a doll would just have her float from one floor to the next or just literally float all the way down to her car. So a lot of those. And also, too, we could see that with, the different dimensions, knowing that Barbie is one size and everything was slightly smaller, hence the large hairbrushes. Um, <laughs> one more one more big fact for you. Um, this is the first theatrically released live action movie to be based on a doll line since Bratz in 2007. Oh and on the topic God, of yeah. Bratz, have you heard? There is a rumor going around about this movie that there is a secret Bratz reference. 
Oh. In the scene where Barbie speaks up to the four girls at the lunch table when she meets Sasha, people have noticed that the four girls' names are Sasha, Jade, Yasmin, and Chloe, and those match the names of the four main Bratz dolls. Coincidence? I think not. They also look very similar in terms of hairstyle and clothing. So I say <laughs> that was a secret Bratz reference. Good on you, Greta Gerwig. Four for you. Multiverse of dolls. Look at that. Very nice. I thought that the conception for Barbie Jenny was exquisite. Like the 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 scenic design, it felt like its own world. I thought it was brilliant. Everything in Barbie Land was absolutely brilliant. That was that paint shortage paid off. <laughs> Even if the dream house did have stairs, who what kid is taking the time to walk their Barbie <laughs> down the <laughs> stairs? Yeah. <laughs> eh. If you're playing right. house, then why not? Anyway. David, fun facts for Sloppy Oppy. It's got a couple, couple of fun facts. No. Uh, as we know, certain uh, certain scenes are, are in black sla- yes. black and white. <laughs> and some are in color. Uh, I'm sure yes. you may have seen already that uh, as it turns out, we were I was having a sort of debate with my girlfriend about uh, which one, what it meant and like why. And it wasn't because it wasn't just flashbacks and flash forwards. Was it, it was not a just lot exclusively more to during so Robert Downey's track? No, no, it no. was not. Oh. So for scenes that were that were t- sort of told from the perspective of J. Robert Oppenheimer, they were in color. And oh. for more objective scenes, for example, oh. most of the, in fact, all of the Robert Downey, the, the hearing okay. scenes, okay. those were uh, in black and white. In order for the black and white sections of this movie to be shot in the same quality as the rest of the film, Kodak developed the first ever black and white film stock for IMAX. Wow. Very, cool. very, very cool. The pole of Christopher Nolan. Seriously. Another fact for you guys, Matt Damon was on a break from acting as a promise to his wife with one condition. It would go on hold if Christopher Nolan called. As luck would have it, Nolan offered Damon the role of Leslie Groves, the general that you see in the movie. Great performance. And that break went on hold. Yes. Very that, great. Yeah. yeah I mean, brief pause on the facts. Kind of- performance was great. Matt Damon did a fantastic job. I, we didn't go over this, and I'm so sorry to interrupt your fun facts, but I think you'll enjoy okay. this. Guys, what, who was your favorite cameo? Mine was Gary Oldman as President Truman. Oh, yeah. that I was like, <gasps> I, I looked at it and I was like, that's Gary Oldman. That was Gary Oldman? <laughs> oh, my God. Look at, see. You didn't know? Yeah. Oh, no. and you know. You know the one scientist who who was like the Russian in the back who just whatever. I didn't realize that that was the Spots guy from the Suicide Squad. I can't think of his name, but he's it's David uh, Desmalchian. Yes, thank you, thank you. I always forget, and I was like, that guy doesn't look real, and I was like, so it, it wasn't. An, <laughs> he doesn't look know. real. <laughs> he doesn't look real. He looks like he's got some prosthetics on. And then I looked back, and I was like, great performance, just. Just, I don't know, kind of looked odd. Odd as a person. But uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman, favorite cameo in the entire film. Right. David, more fun fact. All right. The score for the film doesn't feature any drums. Uh, Christopher Nolan and composer Ludwig Göransson um, both agreed that Ludwig. the sounds typically associated with military wouldn't uh, be an authentic representation musically of the character of J. Robert Oppenheimer. And I'm going to squeeze one more cheat fact in here. No CGI shots were used in this film. And oh. I any more reason to love Christopher Nolan? There it is. All right, so this week we've got uh, our one of our classic segments, Bite Me, where we each bring something to the table that has irked us this week, and we just want to share with the world that this is annoying, this is stupid. Society fixed this. Mine this week is... Can we just talk about how zone-based ticket purchasing services are just stupid? I had to buy tickets this week for an event in September, and it doesn't allow me to choose what my seats are. I get assigned my seats when I purchase the number of tickets. And that is so frustrating because if you can't see where you're sitting, we, there's a chance you'll get gypped on the experience. If you do, if it just, it's, it's just so much better to be able to pick the seats that you want to sit in and control where it's located. And also, too, you can't go backwards and buying any tickets. 
if someone decides they want to join you on the experience, there's no guarantee that the person will be able to sit next to you. I just think that's stupid. If you if you disagree with me, bite me. What I'm curious. I'm not, I haven't run into this. What event? Like what? arena of event is this is this a dinner is this a like a roller coaster is this a movie what is it's this? a, is it a burlesque concert? show that i'm pur- that i purchased for and oh, the, okay. it's like a touring burlesque Fascinating. show mm-hmm. oh okay i i've never had to deal with it have you david have you had to deal with that mm, no yeah no, zone seating yeah, yeah no bite uh, no, no biting here jenny very good <laughs> uh <laughs> all right <laughs> pizza sauce is a better accompaniment than marinara sauce. Marinara sauce is merely an I'm yeah, I'm looking at you, Hoffman. Marinara sauce is merely an excuse to taste a tomato forward concoction. But if you want to have a sauce that was intended to blend with breads and other starches, try requesting pizza sauce on the side instead. And if you don't agree, you can bite me. This is a very American bite me because marinara has like has this this thing with American people. They sort of couple all tomatoed sauces under the name marinara, and marinara is a very specific tomato sauce. And mm. pizza sauce that that's not even a thing in the rest of the world. <laughs> you just use a very simple tomato sauce for a margarita pizza. Anyway. Right. You do you, Philip. <laughs> <clears throat> you only get one cup holder at the movies. Yeah, I know this should be yes. something most people agree with, but apparently some people still need reminding. You can use both cup holders, sure, until I come and sit down next to you, buddy. Then you get your crap out of my cup holder. I was. We all want to enjoy a too. tasty <laughs> beverage, and if you can't handle that, bite me. Well, the question becomes, though, David. What if it's just a math problem? Like you're sitting next to a left-handed person and the person on your right, like they're- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, left-handed people. 90% of people are right-handed. So you're- So, so you're you saying- can drink your 10%. Beverage. What you got? What's good? You can drink your beverage with your right hand. It's, so you're it's sa- not going to kill you. <laughs> so David, you're saying that the designated cup holder for each person in a theater is the right one. The right one is the one that you yeah, get. Yeah, because otherwise you get, if if some if 10 people in a row have chosen the left one and then the 10 people on the other side of you have chosen the right one, you're left with nothing. Exactly, yeah. So we all have to agree on one or the other. It's either left or right. Sorry, majority rules, it's the right one. <laughs> Bite me, Jenny. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only time you will find all three hosts in agreement on the right side of things. Looking to streamline your busy schedule? Looking for a helping hand for life's endeavors? Details by Claire is here to make your life easier. Visit www.detailsbyclaire.com to explore a wide range of services, including calendar management, website creation, and even voiceover work. Claire's attention to detail and dedication to her clients are unmatched. Don't let the game of life overwhelm you. Visit www.detailsbyclaire.com today and discover the convenience and expertise of Details by Claire. Well, it is time for a game as we do almost every week. I know it's been a struggle since I've been gone the last few weeks, but I'm back and I've created a game for you guys. But first, I believe you have some fun little questions some warm burning questions, yes. David. Uh, questions burn. Contact your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what toy branded world would you wish to live in and be a part of? Obviously, we saw a ma- majority of the world of Barbie. And it's it's something. It doesn't seem like it's fulfilling as far as if you want an actual drink of water. But uh, besides that, seemed fine. If you're a Barbie or a Ken and you um, just enjoyed beach. David, where would you live? Am I limited to toy 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 collections that are do not specifically come from a movie franchise? For example, Star Wars toys would just be the Star Wars universe. Yeah, surely. exactly. Right. Yeah, so not that. Yeah, not that. Yeah, just okay. toys. I I think maybe it would be nice to live in in a toy branded universe that's all around stuffed toys. I think Ooh. that sounds like, like a very cozy, cozy, comfy, loving place to be. Like Care Bears? And I would enjoy that. Just, I don't know, stuffed toys. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, we can pick either one. But whoever we want him to live in, he's he's all for the snuggles and the cuddles. Yeah, just 
just fluffy. <laughs> Me too. Times. Yeah, those are pretty uh, great. Jenny, <laughs> is there? So this this might take some time. Is there which major historical figure do mm. you think should be the next great film, or that should be the next bio- biopic film, or is there a historical figure that you think deserves a better adaptation? to be created for modern audiences. I'm not sure that this doesn't already exist, but I would feel confident in saying that it's not, if it does exist, it's not well known. And I certainly haven't seen it. There is, there are movies about Nelson Mandela and I'm from South Africa. So born there. And so it is close to my heart. I think he was in the last years of his life, uh, just, one of the most admirable human beings ever. And the way that he uh, chose a path of forgiveness and reconciliation and rebuilding and um, uh, camaraderie is just wonderful. Um, But there's, I would love to see a movie about his entire life because he had a very different um, approach. He was a freedom fighter in South Africa during apartheid before he went to prison and uh, he was uh, branded by the by, by the apartheid government as a terrorist in his earlier days. So I would I would actually be interested in seeing a movie about his entire life. You know, twenty thirteen. Several Mandela. different actors place uh, play um, him, but twenty thirteen Mandela Long Walk to Freedom. Idris Elba, I believe, was rumored to have been nominated. He gives such a good performance, but I don't think he actually did get the nomination that year. You know, but, do you know what, what frame it, it did it uh, cover his earlier life and his later life? It's, it says long walk to freedom, a biographical film. Uh, I, I, I never got a chance to see it. That's the but, name of his book of Nelson Mandela's book, a long walk to freedom, which he wrote, I believe in prison. So, yeah, it says uh, though he had humbled beginnings as a herd boy in a rural village. So maybe they touch on it. I, I again, I've never seen it. Well, but. maybe I should go see that movie. I, I, that, I think that was on my list for a while, and then I never got around to seeing it. But anyway, there you go. maybe Nelson Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for my game, Let's and I have created a game that is should be fun. I don't know if it'll be easy or somewhat tricky. I have a list of twelve quotes. From oh. Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. And Barbie. And I want you two to buzz in as soon as you know where which movie the quote came from, and you will get a bonus point. So you get one Ooh. point for guessing the movie. You'll get a bonus point for naming the character who said oh, it. Oh, naming spicy. Let's do this. The character who oh, that's said gonna it. That's going to be so hard with Oppenheimer because I'll be like, guy with glasses. You can pull up pull up a list of the cast if you want. Okay, okay. Then I, I would bo- I would suggest you both do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm working I might on have it right to now. as well because I have the names written down here, but I don't necessarily uh, know who to attach the, the face to the name, you know. Okay, uh, you should each pick a buzzer. Let's, uh, let's... I'm going to go with sloppy. No. <laughs> sloppy. <laughs> Phil, come on. Okay, I'll do Barbie. I'll do Barbie. And I'll go, to keep on with the B-themed, I will go with Big Bomb. Fine. <laughs> okay, your first quote is, that's life, it's all change. Big Bomb. Philip? Barbie. Mm. I'm going to say the the original Barbie, the, the original Barbie creator. Uh, point for the movie, yes, okay. but no point for the character. It was, in fact, Gloria who said uh, who said that. Oh, that's uh, right. That's uh, right. That that's is right. right. That's right. Dang Gloria it. is the mom. That's right. I knew it was from a mothering perspective, and I was like, yeah. uh, okay, very good. All right. Humans have only one ending. Ideas live forever. Big bomb. Jenny. Philip. Oppenheimer. Let's go with t- Tom Conti as Albert Einstein. Bah, wrong. Incorrect. Uh, it was from Barbie, and it was Ruth, the cr- original creator of Barbie. Humans have only one ending. Ideas live forever. I'm oh. glad that some of these are going to be somewhat ambiguous, because I was worried that they would be all too a little too obvious. Oh, you didn't write down, yay, space, as a quote. <laughs> <laughs> 
Beach. Darn it. <laughs> Which one was that from? <laughs> it is one point zero in favor of Philip. Quote number three. It may not be your fault, but it's your problem. Barbie. Ooh, Jenny, tell me. I, I think it's Oppenheimer for sure. Um, uh-huh. I mean, the, the cast list. I'm can just I guess, gonna go out Can I guess the, the character if she gets it incorrect? Sure. Fantastic. Hmm. I'm gonna go. You are correct with... about the movie, by the way. It is from. Oh, Oppenheimer. sweet! I get the point. Great. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Albert Einstein. Incorrect, Philip. Ah. I was, was going to go with Ernest Lawrence, Josh Hartnett's Ernest Lawrence. Incorrect. It was said by Oppenheimer. Oh. Uh, don't ask me what point in the movie this was said. <laughs> I do not know. So uh, Jenny gets a point. Yes. No one gets the bonus point. Darn it. Quote number four. You're not just self-important. You're actually important. Philip. Or big bomb. Big bomb. Big bomb. Yes, Philip. <laughs> Uh, let's go with Barbie, and it is said by... I'll steal it if you get it wrong. I'm going <laughs> to stop you right there. It's not from Barbie. It's from Oppenheimer. Oh. And it was said by Lawrence. Uh, who is Lawrence? I don't even know. Wait, is it, uh, you is guys it said by Matt Castle. Damon's character? No, that's uh, his name is General... It's Leslie Groves. Leslie Groves, oh, that's okay. right. Lawrence. Do, 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 do. Lawrence is... Looking through the list right now. Ah, yeah, he's played by Josh Hartnett. Uh, he's the, 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 the experimental yes. physicist. Yeah, Josh Hartnett plays Ernest Lawrence. All right, no points for that question. Quote number five: The president is here. Bar- big bomb! Big bomb! <laughs> Philip <laughs> almost buzzed Jenny in there. <laughs> Let's go with Barbie. And let's go with, I mean, I don't know what her stereotypical Barbie I would be. Yeah, uh, Barbie Barbie is yeah, the Barbie, correct Barbie. answer. Yes. Bonus point uh, included. That is three points total for you now, Philip. One for you, Jenny. Our next quote is, I don't take anything on trust. Barbie. Jenny. It's definitely Oppenheimer. Yeah. Definitely is. That's a point for you. I'm going to guess Teller said it. Incorrect. You do get ah. the point for the movie. Mm-hmm. You are now at two points, but it was said by General Groves, played by Matt Damon. Ah, oh, dang it. Oh, that's right. It's so funny how I can connect it once you say it. Oh, right. Man. That's yeah. how the brain works. Yeah, All right. Quote number seven. You can know the truth about the universe. Barbie. Yes, uh, Jenny. That is definitely Kate McKinnon's weird Barbie in Barbie. Yes, it is. <gasps> Very the, nice. the actual quote starts with a, or you can know the truth about the universe. The, the first so one. So that's I a double point for you. First one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well done. It's now, uh, Jenny, you've taken the lead. Four points to three. Oh, oh. We move on. Quote number eight. We have to always be extraordinary. Big bomb. Yes, Philip. That would be Barbie. And that would be America Ferreira's character. As when she's giving her whole speech about the contradiction of women, the the mom character, Gloria. the mom character, yes, yes, yes that is true. Uh, two points for you, Philip. It is now five to four. We're neck and neck. Woo! Quote number nine: The world is changing, reforming. This is your moment, Jen- Barbie. Yes, Jenny. This is definitely Oppenheimer. Yes, correct. I want to guess if she guesses wrong. Yes, of course. You'll get a chance. Whoever said it, though. Can can you say it one more time? I know I got it right. Can you say it one more time? The world is changing, reforming. This is your moment. I want to... My brain went to Kitty Oppenheimer first, but I don't think it's... That's the correct answer. Just like the bomb, Jenny. Time's ticking. Three, Ah! two, two. I'll go one. with Kitty. I, I know I'm not right. I'll just say Kitty. That's a double point. That's the correct <gasps> answer. Oh, right. no. Oh, my God. You got it right. Okay. You take the lead back from Philip. I should Phillip. trust my gut. Jeez. You really should. Philip, what were you going to say? I mean, I was going to go with Louis Strauss, Robert Downey Jr. So, I, yeah, mean, I guess no. I can't be too upset, but golly. All right. Just in time, too, Jenny. Well done. Um, quote number 10. It is six points to you, Jenny, and five points to Philip. 
Quote number 10. This is just how the game is played. Big bomb. Yes, Philip. Well, okay, so this is Oppenheimer, but it's... Yes. I, I'll go with... I'm going to go with uh, the guy who played Han Solo. I'm trying to look for his character, but... Uh, Han Solo? Yeah, in... God, who who played Han Solo in in Solo the film? Right, yeah, of course, obviously not Harrison Ford. Yeah, not yeah, not not Harrison Ford. Uh, but I believe it was also said by Louis Strauss, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Alden Ehrenreich is the guy. Yes, is the Senate aide. No, that is not correct. Uh, the correct answer is Louis Strauss. Either way, all right. Seems like we're tied, Jenny. Uh, yes, you are indeed tied at six points apiece. This is, and uh, we're this ready is for that tiebreaker that, that David most certainly came up with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quote number 11. Just remember, it won't be for you. It will be for them. Big bomb. Philip. Oppenheimer. Ooh. Let's go with. Ooh. Uh, flippity flappity. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Let's go with Kenneth Niels Bohr. Oof, incorrect. That quote came from Einstein. Oh. Einstein said that. That's right. Just remember, it won't be for you. It will be for them. So that means that, Philip, you have a one-point lead going into the final quote. I can allow Jenny to get the movie. I can't allow her to get the the character. Okay, good to know. Exactly. Hot on your buzzers, ladies and gentlemen. I would beat you off right now. Barbie Ken. I cannot believe that you would create a game without involving Ken. Give it to me. That is correct. I would call foul because he didn't let you finish the quote, but that's just me. Hey, you got to buzz in. I could have finished the quote and it could have turned out different. And uh, yeah, you can buzz in as soon as you think you know. I call foul. That may bite you in the butt at some point. That is nine points for you, Philip. Six for you, Jenny. My tiebreaker is not that in- interesting. I was going to ask you guys, what is the combined budget of both films? Spoiler oh, alert. $2 million. $245 million. Shockingly, Barbie, $145 million. Oppenheimer, only $100 million. $100 million. I saw that, yeah. and I thought yeah, that was that odd. Impressively That's low. Low, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we move on. That slaps. The part of the show where we come back with our weekly entertainment of the week. Jenny, what amused you this week? On topic with our main topic, I Mm. thought pulling from the Barbie album would be appropriate this week. I have picked my 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 favorite from the album is one that is not talked about enough. Hey Blondie by Dominic Fike is a groovy pop rock song i i love i adore the lyrics i had the chance to listen to the album on the way over to the theater last night and i think everyone should talk about it more it's groovy has great lyrics like i said and i unfortunately can't remember where in the movie it happens but hey barbie <laughs> bye barbie uh, <laughs> uh just just give yourself a favor and go take a listen to that song because i think it slaps my song of this week is One of Us by Betty Who. If you've ever heard Betty Who, it's it's I I kind of find Betty Who to be like the Phil Collins of this generation. All of her stuff kind of starts to sound the same, but damn if I don't like that flavor. It's like the best type of soup you can have. Comfort and for your ears. One of Us uh, by Betty Who. That slaps. I, guys, come on. Oppenheimer. I, Oppenheimer, I, I mean, it, it, it I had it. to be. I mean, it just, I, I, a movie has not slapped me like this one in years. It is just <laughs> David turned phenomenal. around in his, in his seat at the movie viewing just, to, just that way he right gets slapped more. <laughs> Stop it. This movie is phenomenal. Go see it. It slaps. Guys, before we uh, go on our outro, I just remembered I wanted to bring some stuff up. I listened to your episodes while I was uh, absent. Yeah. And you did a, a Would You episode. And uh, Philip, you asked a question Would you rather run a mile through six inches of potatoes, six <laughs> inches deep of potatoes, or swim a quarter mile through maple syrup? And you guys agreed you'd choose the potatoes. 
because you drown in the maple syrup because it's so thick, it'd be hard to swim through. Yes, yes. And you mentioned me. I can't remember what you said because it's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> guys, maple syrup, easy. What? Easy. Oh, what? come on. <laughs> the density of the human body is far lower than the density of maple syrup. You would float. You would float on maple syrup. Uh. So I want to pull I will not, prove it to me. I will not sprain my ankle running on potatoes. I will swim through maple syrup. It might take me a while, but it'll taste good. And I will not drown because I can just float on top. Well, there, there you, you go. go. There's there David's go. answer. <laughs> thank you. Ray. All right. Well, we have a few thank yous before we finish this episode. First of all, Cass and Crossland and Jake Corlang. Thank you guys for your musical contributions to the show. We love you. Thanks to Ryan Ardell and Josh Hans for a lot of the audio bits you hear throughout the show. We love you as well. Thank you to Rudy Chalk once again for your wonderful graphic work that you get to see on all of our social media. And thank you, Barbie. And thank you, the listener, for tuning into this extra long episode. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed. We have a lot of opinions that we had to hold back or this would have been a two-hour long episode. No kidding. But yeah. anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Spread the word. This is a fun podcast that we hope you want to share with some friends of yours. So spread the word. Follow us on our Instagram and our TikTok, Roast and Toast Pod. And uh, tell your friends, tune in next week. We're going to have more fun things to talk about. And uh, yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, just anywhere except Pandora, because boom, screw you, Pandora. David, you're getting too big for your britches. If you don't stop this, I'm going to bear off. Oh, I'm gonna, I could bear you off right now. Oh, you're no, you have never been bared off like I'm about to bear you off right now. I will bear you off all over this beach. You've never nice. seen bearing like I'm about to bear you. Whoa, guys, no one is burying each other off today. <laughs> <laughs>